on the shoulders of the saints before us, looking forward to the future God has ahead of us. This is Growing the Tradition, a podcast of St. Lawrence Lutheran Church in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Welcome everyone to another episode, a long-awaited episode of uh, Growing the Tradition uh, with Dr. Scott Hislop and myself, Bobby Cody. Uh, we're here today talking about the season of Advent leading into the season of Christmas. And then uh, one of our viewers asked us, what is the oldest Christmas hymn that we still use? So we're going to talk about all those things today. So first question, so Scott, we're in the season of Advent. We've been in the season of Advent. What is Advent to our viewers here? Advent is the beginning of the new year. Advent is the, the, the first in the, uh, the segments of the liturgical year, the church year, the, as, as we call it. And it's where we, we, we spend three weeks or four weeks um, preparing ourselves for Christmas. Uh, Advent begins with uh, two Sundays that are uh, geared more towards end times, where it's thinking about the second coming of Christ. And then there's a very subtle shift in about the third week where we, we make the turn around the corner and we begin anticipating the nativity. Um, again, we start hearing the, the um, prophecies out of the Old Testament um, and that, you know, calling for the, the birth of Christ and that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think the last time we were together, we had talked about the church year in general and how the church year is uh, intentionally preserves all of the, the parts of the Bible and all of the important readings of Christ's life, I, I, we can say, and how it keeps us in, in a liturgical flow or a life flow as a church. And so, like you said, I don't know if, I don't know how many people would know that this is actually the beginning of the church year. Yeah. I, I hope that a lot, but that's really, that's really neat. So, and we're looking forward right, in the season of Advent, really, um, you know, looking forward to Christ coming again, but then kind of putting ourselves in reverse, looking forward to Jesus' birth, right? Yeah. That's kind of the idea. So, yeah, uh, awesome time of the year. There's some awesome hymns involved in this time of the year, yeah. too. So, um, but today we're going to focus on uh, a hymn that, again, like I said in the introduction, one of our listeners asked, uh, what is the oldest hymn, Christmas hymn, and they said Christmas, so we're going to go there, uh, that we use in the church. So we're going to introduce Of the Father's Love Begotten. So if you'd like to talk a little bit about that hymn. Of the Father's Love Begotten, hands down, is one of the oldest hymns we have in the, the Lutheran service book. Um, it was written probably in the 4th century uh, by a Spanish um, government official by the name of Aurelius Prudentius Clemens. And uh, Clemens, uh, again, was, uh, was born in northern Spain, and he became a, a very highly placed government official in, in uh, that region of Spain for his career. He retired when he got to his mid-50s, which I have to believe at that time was pretty old, and um, having just passed my mid-50s. And uh, uh, he, um, uh, he, he retired from his government position and dedicated the rest of his life to writing Christian poetry in Latin. And so this particular um, text comes from that. 
Um, this particular text, though it's very closely wedded to the Christmas season, was originally intended to be something that um, did more of a proclamation of who, uh, of who Trinitarian Christians were. Uh, there were a number of controversies going on at the time, uh, everything from uh, the, the Arian controversy and the Arian controversy to um, uh, Gnosticism and so forth. And uh, it all had to do with how the, the Trinity was made up. Was, in fact, the Son the equal to the Father, and was the Holy Spirit the equal to the Son, and certainly to the Father in that? And of course, we as uh, Trinitarian Christians believe that um, it's an equilateral triangle, that all part, parts of the Holy Trinity are equal one to the other. And so um, Clemens wrote this uh, text to highlight that, to really emphasize the nature of the Trinity. Um, there are a number of hymns that do that throughout the, the hymnal. And that, but this one um, became wedded. I have no idea when, when it became wedded to this particular piece of chant, this tune that we sing it to, but it's an absolutely ravishing combination of poetry and, and music. Um, you know, if you were to sing this somewhat in the nature of how it were to go, it would simply be, <clears throat> Of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be, He is Alpha and Omega, He the source, the ending He. Of the things that are that have been, and that future years shall see, evermore and evermore. The second stanza begins, O oh, that birth forever blessed, when the Virgin, full of grace, by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bore the Savior of our race. And the babe, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face, evermore and evermore. This is he whom seers in old time chanted of with one accord, whom the voices of the prophets promised in their faithful word. Now he shines, the long-expected. Let creation praise its Lord, evermore and evermore. Now this, this next stanza of it is one when I, when I was teaching classroom music in Lutheran schools, I would always have a picture every every kid in the school saying this hymn because it's the whole story right here. And uh, this next stanza is, is extraordinarily important. It's a wonderful bit of imagery uh, for your mind to play with because it starts with, O ye heights of heaven and organ, then you go to angel hosts, his praises sing, and then we build it up further. Powers, dominions, bow before him, and extol our God and King. Let no tongue on earth be silent, every voice in concert ring, evermore and evermore. And I would always have the kids talk about that, starting with, O ye heights of heaven's adornment, and then you build up to the angels, and then the powers and dominions, yet it's this huge crescendo. Uh, being being built up throughout. And then the one phrase, let no tongue on earth be silent. Could you imagine if every living being on the planet were to sing this all at the same moment? What a sound that would be. And then the final stanza, this is where we get into the, the controversial stuff because it's a firm stamp on it all with the Trinitarian stanza reading, Christ to thee with God the Father and the Holy Ghost to thee. 
hymn and chant and high thanksgiving and unending praises be, honor, glory, and dominion, and eternal victory, evermore and evermore. And once again, just to play through it one time, and I'll try to croak through the, the, the first stanza. So, you know, if I were going to do this with, with the guitar, Scott and I kind of flipped um, scenarios. Usually we're in the, in the church, and Scott has the organ, and he has all these settings. And so today I brought my electric guitar, and so I have a few settings that I could play with, too. So if I were to play verse 1, kind of in what you'd consider, and again, the word modern, okay, it's a modern instrument, but a different arrangement, it might be something like...
appreciate all the insight, and I hope that uh, you know we, we gain some knowledge about maybe if it's something that's new to us, uh, we gain a brand new knowledge, and it's a hymn that we've sung since we were a little one. Maybe you learned some more about it today, but either way, we hope that this enriches your worship life here at St. Lawrence. So thanks for joining us today. Have a good day. Thanks, Scott. Yep.